0: now it's time for Rod and Reel Radio with your hosts, hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase trout, crappie or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio, brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway in Maine or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck, or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours of radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your Radio Dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host,
1: Hop Along, John Cassidy. Good evening, Southern California, and welcome to another edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I'm your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Stan, Wendy, and I are busy right now. We are attending the 34th edition of Day at the Docks. I hope you had a chance to go there, too. So in lieu of a live show, We've gone around and recorded a number of interviews from both the Fred Hall Show and the 80th anniversary of H&M Landing. Our scheduled guests for tonight are Ralph Miller, son of the original owner of H&M Landing, Frank Lopresti, captain and owner of the Royal Polaris, Frank Aristi, owner of the Coral Sea Ranger 85, the Constitution, and now the new managing partner for H&M Landing, Phil Friedman will also have his report. What the heck is Phil thinking? So you can stay tuned for that. Andy Cates, the captain of Red Rooster Three. Rich Marin, the manager over at H and M Tackle. Brad Snare from High Tide Sport Fishing. Miss Yellowtail Derby. Tiara Mills and director John Campbell and Mark Mills from Shimano. My first interview tonight is going to be with Ralph Miller. Ralph is the son of Ralph Barney Miller, one of the original founders of H&M Landing. Let me take you back to 1935. At that time, San Diego was a Navy town. And from the foot of Broadway Pier, there were a number of gentlemen that ran a water taxi service. And what they do is they'd ferry around servicemen to different points on San Diego Bay. The fellows running the taxi service were Howard Miner, Ralph Barney Miller Sr., and then later on, Bill and Tony Haas. Well, the taxi service guys figured out not only could they run servicemen around San Diego Bay, but they could also take them on fishing trips. And some of the original water taxis actually were used to take fishermen out on marlin trips. But in 1935, an actual fishing boat came to the foot of Broadway Pier. That was the Mascot too. Suddenly, the guys were not as interested in taking servicemen around the bay as they were going fishing. So on April 6, 1935, the Mascot 2 took its first trip out of Broadway Pier to the Coronado Islands. Thirty-five anglers got aboard, and 136 yellowtail were caught. And from that day forward, the water taxi service went down and sports fishing was up. Hey, now what I'm going to do is I lost some of the original interview that I got with Ralph Miller Jr. talking about those early days at h H&M and Landing. But what I'm going to do is now start the interview taking on from the point in time I've left on. So here is the interview with Ralph Miller Jr., talking about the early days of h H&M landing.
2: Exercises, and so business was not very good. So, you know, my father thought of this idea of buying a party boat to be able to use the, the water taxis as charter boats, and they bought the mascot, too. And it it, uh, it, it it worked for a while. Things worked, I think, pretty well. And then World War Two came along, and things got shut down. No, no big chain across the bay, no more sport fishing, no more boats going out. Water taxis were still servicing ships but sport fishing closed. Now,
1: were the water taxis working out of this location where H&M landing, or were they working all throughout San Diego Bay? No, they,
2: they, they had three, three places they came in then, but the major one was at the foot of Broadway, right next to Broadway Pier. They had a nice building of floats there, and the water taxis used the float. One next to it, a float next to it, they got for H&M landing. So H&M sport fishing was on the left side, and Otto Kisick Sport Fishing, the other sport fishing company, was on the other side. Those, the two sport fishing companies, San Diego, in those days in about 1935. Uh,
1: so, 1935, uh, first sports fishing boat went out. Tell us about how that came about.
2: Well, I'm not sure I can tell you how the sport fishing first one came out, but I know how they, they were purchased in Hawaii. And uh, the, the mascot it was a nice small boat, which they were able to get it back to the Navy. The Navy took it away during the war. And I came back to the war, and I got to be a deckhand on that boat.
1: So that was in about nineteen forty-six, in forty-six, right on. Right All on. right. And you deckhand, and who was the skipper at that time? Um, uh, Dwight. No, let's see. It was
2: Cecil. Try to remember Cecil's last name. Cecil had a bad eye, but Cecil with a bad eye was was the skipper. I, yeah, he he could see yellowtail breaking out there where nobody else could. Uh, but it, it was a it was sort of a fun job when you were you know twenty or so and uh, you know, able to run around and do things. So
1: we now, you know nowadays we uh, depend on GPS. We uh, depend on sonar. How was Cecil and, and the skippers of his day able to find fish?
2: Oh, you know, there were a lot more fish. We had, we actually had yellowtail in San Diego Bay at,
1: at that point in time. You, there was actually yellowtail was in, San caught, a, a in San
2: Diego Bay? Yellowtail caught off Broadway Pier. Oh, so my there. gosh. But, but, you know, the, the Coronado Islands were just teeming with yellowtail. Really had a lot of yellowtail there. And it was very good fishing. Uh, we, we seemed to have water that kept the same temperature those days. And it was very nice. And then fishing was good. Everybody was pretty happy uh, at that point. The... the the problem for h H&M came when they had to move from the foot of Broadway to Point Loma. So they, they, I ended up arguing with the port a lot, but we finally ended up coming over here. And together with Lee Palm Sport Fishers, the, he was a long-range specialist. They formed uh, H&M, uh, United Sport Fishers. Okay. And, and so Lee Palm still works out of here today through his uh, daughter-in-law,
1: uh, Linda Palm. Uh, now, you know San Diego is such a unique uh, fishing destination, not only because of the boats, but the availability of bait. How did you work together to get the bait bars the way it is, and and to have access to bait like we do?
2: I think that should be you know recognized all to the credit of Irvingham, the bait man. He played politics well. He he. Um was consistent in having bait he did a very good job of supply i think the irvingham brothers really you know deserve all the credit for it they they, they worked hard on it and you know, they made a really good business that helped all the sport fishing fleet here in san diego
1: wow so uh now uh how did you actually get involved with the landing after it, your dad was involved with it
2: well but my you know my father was uh, in the, this period of time I, I went back to school went started my law practice and came down, and then in 1968 my father died, and so I had to decide what to do with his interest. And so I uh, decided to go bay in the business, and I bought out the other three uh, H's and M people, and. Uh, uh, started the business with the H&M uh, here over in Point Loma in those days.
1: Now you actually said that there was a real necessity for you to buy the business because you had a whole family and uh, you, you needed something for them to do. That's right. It was a
2: place for the, <laughs> for the five kids to have jobs those days. So. Anyway, you know, we, we also hired Miner was some good friends still. Uh, and I got the concessions for the bait shops on the Ocean Beach the Shelter Island, and the Imperial Beach Pier. We ran those for a while, too. More jobs for the kids.
1: Tell us about some of your good memories of HM Landing at that time. I mean, I know there were hard times, but there had to have been good times oh, and, good. and and times that left you with lasting oh, I, memories. I
2: think that the, the thing we're proudest of was starting the, the whale-watching trips to Scabbins Lagoon, and, and that's something we we brought in naturalists. We sort of made them really, uh, inter- not only entertaining, but educational trips. We made the trips to a lot of schools. And as you may have heard today, uh, my son Bob was uh, then running one of the the boats. The, his wife, to be, then came out of one of the boats, and he met his present wife when he was a skipper on one of the natural history trips. No kidding. Yeah, they're both here today.
1: Well, you also told the story though about how you met your wife too, uh, and uh, that was I'd, I'd come back from
2: from the war, and uh, I was a deckhand on the mascot too. And this the pretty girl came up from Amarillo, and so I baited her hook all day. And after a while, we never figured out who caught whom. But you know, I went back to Stanford for a year, and then convinced her the next year to come up. And uh, eventually, you know, I got my bachelor's. We got married. Uh, then I got my master's, and she got a PhD. That's put husband through.
3: <laughs>
2: Very so, good. And then we then you know came back down to San Diego. Number one child was on the way, and so you know we eventually had five. But I went to, to had got a job in an accounting firm, went to night law school, started my, my practice as a tax lawyer, and then in '68 my father died, and I came back to this decision about H and M again. So we got back in H and M at that point in time.
1: You know, I'm sure being in the sports, uh, owning a sports fishing uh, landing was not necessarily the most profitable thing you, you could do. But when you look at all the people that are here today celebrating the 80th anniversary of the fishing landing. It's got to be a really satisfying uh, 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 think, think deal. That,
2: that, there, were, there were a lot of very positive aspects of it. And, but there were tough times. Uh, other times in the summer uh, when I was in school, I'd come back down and I ran Marlin Charters. And I had a, a skipper's license. And then after I got the landing, I was practicing law, uh, you know, trying to build a law firm up. Uh, and I'd get a call at 2 in the morning and say, Ralph, it's Saturday night, we've got, got 60 people on the boat. The skipper's drunk. Come on down. you got to run the boat. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I, I would have a, maybe have a full day at the office laid out and, you know, what to do. So eventually i turned in my ticket so I wouldn't have that, that decision to have to make after a All while. All right.
1: But, well, good times over here. Uh, what a great tradition you were a part of with H&M Landing. It affects so many people, not only in Southern California but throughout the world because H&M Landing is the standard bearer of sports fishing i think in the world well we hope so if we were at that point the largest sport fishing landing in the world
2: at one point we we're running eight boats and it was an interesting times all San right it was a best nice place and had wonderful people we were had to work with at h&m
1: ralph miller i want to thank you very much with sharing with us some of the experiences of h&m landing from its infancy to what we know it today and and thank you for all the time that you spent on behalf of all the fishermen of San Diego County. I, I got to tell you, I look up to you because I came in here as a boy in 1955 fishing, and I still come on back. So Good, great experience. Good.
2: Everybody should come fishing.
1: All right, thanks for being with us. Joy, Ben. We're here at the uh, 80th anniversary of H and M i'm with Frank LaPresti. Frank. I guess uh, you've been on the cutting edge of the uh, sports fishing industry for a long time, especially the long range industry. Tell us a little bit about its evolution.
4: Well, <laughs> I wasn't one of the first, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't want to be
1: one of the last either. That's no, <laughs>
4: no. Uh, you know, it started with trips to uh, Guadalupe Island. Uh, I'm trying to, and, and uh, some of those trips are right here out of H and M Landing. I'm trying to remember the skipper's name right now, and it doesn't come to me. And then they had the H&M 80 and the H&M 85 going to Guadalupe Island and Cedrus Island. And then eventually, uh, when Poole got involved, they started going bigger boats. And that's when they started getting down toward Cabo San Lucas, uh, the Red Rooster, the original Red Rooster with Lee Palm, <clears throat> was one of the very first boats also, and they were going Guadalupe and all the way, they eventually worked their way out to the Rivia Hijedo Islands along with Bill Poole. Okay, some of the
1: first boats to make it down there, I mean, that was really kind of an adventurous time, because there was no GPS uh uh, there was dead reckoning uh, it, it was really an adventure not that it isn't now but it was really an adventure
4: well there were a lot of boats that, that couldn't find spots for a day, day and a half because they got you know messed up by the currents and uh, there was uh, even some of missing Aleos rocks and not even <laughs> finding it so yes we didn't have the equipment we went by dead reckoning and we tried to adjust for current but it was hard to figure what current was
1: And what were some of those skippers that were uh, really on the leading edge of the long-range fishing at the time?
4: Well, Danny Palm was one of them. Uh, Like I said, I can't think of the gentleman's name that was uh, right in the forefront there. But uh, Danny Palm was one, Bill Poole was one, Bruce Barnes was one. All of those guys were on the leading edge of discovering new spots.
1: You know, a lot of the new fishermen here to San Diego, they, they hear the name Bill Poole, they know that there's a... Uh, a really nice tribute to him in front of fisherman's landing, but they don't know the really the contributions that that Phil actually made to the sport. you want to kind of highlight some of that
4: well Phil is as you know what was said here was very true Phil is such an honorable gentleman and such a Terrific guy to do business with. Uh, he influenced, you know, a lot of the skippers here. And back then in the in the in the seventies, when when the boat started in the sixties, fifties, sixties, when the boat started going to Guadeloupe, he was just one hundred percent in favor of everybody and helped them in every way he could. You know, you
1: know, we we think of the uh, you know the uh, the sixties as being the the good old days and everything like that. But I've got a feeling that the good old days are still right now.
4: Well, I've said that quite often, and you're 100% correct. Right now, there's bluefin 20 miles from Point Loma. Uh, My boat today on his way to Cabo San Lucas was seeing seeing school after school of bluefin. Uh, It's an amazing year, and I, in my past 50 years of uh, running a boat, have never seen a year like this last one, and And um, it's just continued to go. And what... What
1: do you attribute that to? I mean, uh, some people say it's global warming. Other people well, will say it's a it's cycle to do or, with, or what?
4: I don't think it's anything to do with global warming. I don't believe in a lot of the things the environmentalists would like us to believe in. I think you hit it, it's a cycle. And I think we're in for maybe five to ten more years of good fishing.
1: You know, we we look at the old pictures and we look at the, uh, the boats that are just loaded with fish and everything like that. I know we're a lot more conservation-minded right now, but what do you think about the actual population of fish now as compared to, let's say, uh, 30 or 40 years ago?
4: Well, I definitely feel that there's as much yellowtail as there ever was. Oh, yeah. Okay? <clears throat> I feel the halibut fishery <clears throat> is pretty strong and going to get stronger because there's a program by SeaWorld now that we're going to be releasing halibut. And... Uh, Uh, As far as bluefin tuna, I think it's very strong, much stronger than environmentalists would like us to believe. Uh, On the other hand, I I feel that the pressure in the Western Pacific, all over the the world on the yellowfin, it's getting tougher. And uh, I'm concerned about the population of yellowfin, but uh, apparently most people aren't yet. Uh, We still catch an awful lot of them and uh, it's going to be interesting to see. The only fishery that you can really say has been affected is some of your bottom fish, your grouper uh, down on Baja. That that fishery has definitely been affected because so many p- people are fishing them, and, and it takes so long for a grouper to get to 100 pounds. Oh, yeah. Frank, you know, you've,
1: you've had a chance to see the uh, long-range fishery here expand and grow. How would you compare it to other... Uh, organization of fisheries that are uh, around the world how does San Diego compare
4: well I I don't think there's any place in the world that can compare to San Diego for its fleet and what they've accomplished uh, the type of vessels we have how far we can go we're—I mean, you know—here we're going to Clipperton Island. It's fifteen hundred miles away, Clipperton Atoll, and there's no place in the world where Coast Guard allows that to happen because they don't have the vessels to do it. Right. And these vessels here, uh, you know, you can't do it on a wood boat because they don't have integral fuel tanking. And a, a boat like this one right here, the Red Rooster, uh, the XL—you uh, know, you you name it—the Spirit of Adventure—all those boats—they're beautiful pieces of equipment. So uh, that, that has made all the difference in the world. And there's there is nowhere in the world where you're where you're going to find a fleet like this one.
1: And when it comes to value for your dollar, I I can't think of a better value for the dollar than the fisherman going out of one of the landings here in San Diego and going on a long-range trip. When when you talk about what it costs in comparison to any type of a vacation or anything it's a great value
4: it's an excellent value and then a lot of people don't even think about the fact that when you return back to San Diego uh, you're often filling your freezer with enough fish to last you for a year oh,
1: that's and, great. and
4: and that and that's a uh, you know not only a it's a monetary benefit but it's a health benefit also much you know a great health benefit but the uh, the value of, uh, of what we can do today and how you can go on a long-range trip. You can go on a six-day trip for $1,500 and, and uh, have a great time and bring home all the fish you want and, more important than anything else, have wonderful, wonderful memories.
1: You know, Frank, I know you don't have any crystal ball, but we know where the fleet is today. You're in the entertainment business. You're giving great value for the dollar. But where do you expect the long-range... Fleet to be 10, 20 years from now?
4: Well, that, you know, a lot of that depends on how our relationships go with Mexico. And right now, because of Ken Frankie, and the Sport Fishing Association of California, they've never looked any better. I, I think there'll be some expansion of areas, uh, areas that we're not allowed to fish right now. Uh, but to go much further than Clipperton, I really don't see that happening. I know I've looked into it and I, I once planned a trip to the Galapagos, but it's not practical. And uh, I I think we're going to stay within a 1,500-mile range. These boats have gotten extremely expensive to build. A boat like this boat right here today would cost you 5 to $6 million to build, and it's very tough to pencil out. So uh, I I think we're going to see... Uh, eventually we'll see a few new boats, but there isn't going to be a lot of them.
1: All right. And let's uh, just on another subject, let's talk about Friends of Rolla. I know that's something that you are very involved with. It seems like uh, we took an unfortunate experience and turned it into a very positive experience. Tell us just a little bit about Friends of Rolla.
4: Well, Friends of Rolla is a kids, uh, kids fishing program. We've taken over 100,000 kids fishing. It's an amazing program, and, you know, it's probably more important now than any other time simply because, uh, as you well know, kids today are more into video games, and uh, kids don't get outside anymore. And the fact that we're, uh, you know, on our last trip that I was on that, we had a girl that said, "I can't believe it! I had so much fun today. This is going to be my new most favorite thing to do." And you know what? I didn't even look at my cell phone today. So oh, that's great. That's great. So
1: all the new all the new uh, uh, souls that you're actually bringing into the sports fishing industry, they've got to start somewhere. Uh, I know I started with my dad, but a lot of kids don't have. That opportunity, Friends of Rolla, is really giving them that opportunity.
4: Yes, it is. It really is. And we're seeing a lot of those kids come back on half day boats and three quarter day boats. I wish we could uh, had a way of tracing to see how many kids now are fishing on a real regular basis, but we know we're affecting a lot of kids and it gives them something to think about.
1: And kids that would never be exposed to fishing, inner city kids, as you say, they get a chance to come out there and experience. And once they get a fish on, and they feel that adrenaline surge of the fish being on and bringing it in. Uh, it, it can't replace any other feeling that you can have in life.
4: Absolutely not. And, you know, the the it's all about the bite. The first time you get a bite, the first time you get a run, the first time they pull on the rod. Uh, kids don't forget that. I, don't, I know I don't forget it. To me, I mean, I can't wait to go fishing.
1: I can't blame you. Well, Frank Lopresti, thank you for being You're with okay. us. We look forward to seeing you on the water, sir.
4: Okay.
5: Um. Uh-huh.
6: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com. I am
7: an angler, a heroic defender of the noble sport of fishing. When I go out with my crew, we're prepared for everything, from itty-bitty mosquitoes to the biggest bass you've ever seen. Not to mention, we all wear life jackets. And with this year's drought conditions, we're also defending every last drop of water, saving lives and saving water, because the best defense is a
3: good offense. Just don't tell the fish that. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This segment
1: of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to BalloonFisherKing.com for further information.
7: Phil Friedman here from PFO Media, and it is great to be on Rod and Reel Radio once again. John, Stan, Wendy, always such a pleasure to be with you. And of course, with everybody out there listening, what a pleasure to be with you all. What a weekend. I mean, fishing is off the hook, number one. The weather is absolutely perfect. Day at the docks, what a huge celebration of sport fishing in San Diego, and we got to spend Such a great time down there at the Hotel Corral and Marina in beautiful Ensenada, Baja California, Norte. And I've got to tell you, I mean, you talk about just great people. Baja hospitality, there's just nothing like it. And you'll find it at the Hotel Corral and Marina. Besides that, though, there is so much to do. I mean, you can run out like we did on Friday and explore Baja California's beautiful wine country. And enjoy some of the finest wines in Mexico. I'm telling you, it is beautiful out there. And you will enjoy that like nothing you've ever experienced before in your life. It is absolutely beautiful. And you can do it in a day trip out of Ensenada. But the hotel itself, well, if you are a boater and you like fishing, and of course our audience, John, is all about that. You are going to want to take your boat down to the Hotel Corral and Marina at some point in time. I mean, you're so close to the fishing grounds. They are right there. There is tuna. There is yellowtail. There is going to be dorado, and so much more just moments away from Ensenada. Put you right in the strike zone. And they've got 353 slips here at the marina, so they are ready to hook you up. And I mean hook you up with modern docks. Fresh water hookups, cable TV hookups, telephone service, free Wi-Fi. And they make the whole hotel available to you if you bring your boat down here. So it's just perfect. I mean, you can take advantage of the indoor and outdoor swimming pools. There's poolside, bar service, state-of-the-art fitness center, jacuzzis, tennis courts, and restaurants. Well, I've got to tell you, the food here, absolutely to die for. Absolutely delicious Baja cuisine combined with Baja hospitality, you'll find it all right here. And, you know, if you're going to come from San Diego, for example, or L.A. Orange County area, and you're going to cross into international waters, you're going to come into Mexico, the dockmaster down there, he'll handle all your paperwork for you. He'll make it really, really easy. He'll get a free shuttle, take you into the port captain, an immigration office in downtown Ensenada, walk you right through the process, and it will be easy you're going to love it so once again i have to tell you what a great place this is and of course we'll be talking a lot more about it over on pfo and on our spanish radio shows aventuras al aire libre we'll be looking forward to that just a great time here well let's get into some of this great fishing because it's off the hook i mean boats catching well over 100 yellowtail at san clemente island that has been the epic uh, the epicenter for some absolutely wonderful yellowtail fishing most of those yellows in the 8 to 15 pound class and they are biting mostly on the sardine sardines have been working best there's been some iron fish but we sent rick fuentes out there to check out the situation and he said by far the sardines were working best 25 pound monofilament line with a 20 size hook and maybe a quarter to half ounce sliding egg sinker and that's all she wrote and when they are biting these yellowtail, it is every single bait you toss in the water. Six, seven, eight, twelve 12 fish going at a time. Pandemonium on deck. Lots of excitement, and it has been excellent. Now, Rick was out there on board the Tornado out of Pierpoint Landing in Long Beach, and they had nearly 100 yellowtail. On the Oceanside 95, they busted 150 yellowtail here recently in magnificent fishing. And there's been other boats with equal scores or better. It is good. The weather is perfect. And I'm telling you, with this high pressure, sea surface temperatures are actually starting to rise. And it seems to have these fish in even a more of a biting mood. It is really tremendous at San Clemente Island. And one thing that we're not really talking about or putting much emphasis on at Clemente right now is the calico bass fishing. But it is there, and it is so good. You know, at one time... All these yellowtail were out in deeper water, and the boats were catching nothing but the yellowtail. But the yellows moved in tighter to the island in several different spots, so it gave you the opportunity to catch some calico bass also. And I am talking nice, big calicos. Really excellent fishing. Fun catch and release, or if you want to take some home to eat, have at it. But it is really fabulous fishing at Clemente. And with this nice weather, I think it's going to continue right on through this next week. It is really rocking at SCI. Catalina Island, a little bit of a bite on the yellowtail, but nowhere near what San Clemente Island is producing right now. At SCI, we see fish in several different spots. At Catalina, it's a little tougher. Some of the bigger yellowtail back on the Farnsworth Bank when you're drifting through there, and remember, you can only fish for yellowtail there. You cannot fish for any of the bottom fish if you happen to be a private butter. but that area has been one of the areas that's been very, very good. But The other areas are a little bit more hit and miss. There seems to be yellowtail all around the island. They seem to be a little bit on the smaller side. There's a little bit of bonita starting to get in there and Calico Bass. But this weather, the way it is going, I'm thinking cat blows sky high here really, really soon. That is looking very, very good. Local yellowtail, we do have it right out in front of San Pedro as well as Long Beach. There's yellows marauding around in several different areas out near the double rigs and some other areas the 150 we call that area and boats that are out there sonaring around like the native sun have been coming up with some nice hits on the local fork so there's some of that stuff around yo-yo iron works pretty darn well but there has been some bait fish also one admonition when the captain says go ahead and drop. You want to drop right away. You don't want to fool around and drink a Coke or have a hamburger. You need to really, really pay attention when you're fishing the iron or bait or anything else because that captain is up there sonaring that school of yellowtail. And when he says drop presumably that school of yellowtail is going to continue to swim he's pulling back the boat's coming to a stop those yellows continue to swim get that iron down there in the middle of that school so when you retrieve it you're coming up through some real meat remember many times when you see yellows or any other species of fish like barracuda on the surface crashing and chasing bait many times that's 10 percent of the actual body of fish present the tip of the iceberg So the deeper you sink that jig down into the water column, the more fish you're going to retrieve it past. And you bring it past a whole bunch of fish, you got a better chance of hooking up. Really looking good on the local scene. No huge scores yet, but it wouldn't surprise me to see that happen here very, very soon. Also, Channel Islands, well, what can I say? We do see a little surface action up there. There are some yellowtails starting to show up. And Santa Barbara Island is continuing to pump out a little bit of market squid there's market squid out there and of course that is a magnet for when well, uh, just so many different species halibut more yellowtail white sea bass and some of the boats have been making some of that squid in the channel islands we're catching just copious amounts of rockfish but that surface bite may take off very very soon great bottom fishing on quality fish the pacific islander up there with a lot of lingcod over the weekend and also some excellent fishing for big chuckleheads and reds and other species it has been just as good as you could possibly want it and i must say i was up there for the fish for food event and i walked on board the gentleman, and i watched the way they treated the people on board and customer service is elevated to such a high level at cisco's sport fishing in Oxnard. I mean, a really high level. And, of course, I fish on the Pacific Islander a lot with Captain Steve Virtue and his great crew, Laura, making those giant, delicious hamburgers in the galley. And I've got to tell you, those guys are on deck, and they are working, and they are polite, and they are sacking your fish, and they are helping you tie a knot, and they are giving you instruction if you want it. It's the way it should be. And, unfortunately, on some boats, I see the exact opposite. You're not going to find that on the Pacific Islander. And you're not going to find Steve Virtu, the captain, hiding in the wheelhouse. I mean, these guys, you can tell how much they enjoy what they are doing. They're on deck, big smile, and their goal is to make sure you have a great trip. And I couldn't endorse a boat, the Pacific Islander, with more enthusiasm. They do such a magnificent job up there that you're going to want to check that out. Hey, uh, you know, we've got another thing coming up, another event and it's called Day at the Landing. It's going to take place at 22nd Street Landing in San Pedro, California. And talk about a guy who's got customer service way, way up there. It is Mike Morrison down there at 22nd Street Landing who is organizing this event once again. And I've got to tell you, Mike is a great guy. And I watch him in that ticket office interact with the public. And I am amazed at how wonderful he is with people. He does such A great job with people who come to the landing, and I'm telling you, you are going to love day at the landing. It's a chance when the boats, most of them, I understand, will be there for you to walk on board and check out the various rigs as well as talk to the captains and get to know a little something about what they're fishing for this year, how to fish for the fish. If you're a novice, it's a perfect opportunity for you to come down. Great way to bring the wife down and introduce her to fishing and there's just so much to do at day of the landing there's food there there's uh, exhibits there we are going to do our second annual jalapeno eating contest and mike you're gonna have to chew down some more of those things mike gave up after about five of course i gave up after zero so i was nowhere near but the jalapeno eating contest was a big hit and i think the gentleman who won it consumed about 12 they are not in vinegar they're not the marinated jalapenos they are raw seeds and all and it gets kind of rough great times there and there'll be boat rides and so much more but more important an opportunity for you to walk on board the freedom uh, to walk on board the Monte Carlo, to walk on board the Pursuit and talk to the crews. Over there on the Pursuit, Gustavo Gutierrez, he speaks fluent Spanish. So if you have any Spanish-speaking friends, you can bring them along. And, of course, we will be there proudly at 22nd Street Landing. And, of course, we will be talking to the folks about the various opportunities they have there at 22nd Street Landing. They're doing a great job and day at the landing coming up on uh, Sunday, April the 26th, 9 to 5 at 20 Street Landing in beautiful San Pedro, California. And they have had some awesome fishing. I mentioned the native sun. They are out of there. They've been catching those local yellowtail. The Monte Carlo gets all over that on a regular basis. 6 a.m. every morning, the pursuit over to Catalina Island, doing a great job, and the Freedom taking off for offshore stuff, San Clemente Island, and coming up with big scores. I, uh, the best score I've heard on the Freedom this year, About 164 yellowtail. These are astronomical numbers. And, you know, we talk about the good old days, everybody. These are the good old days. No question about that. Hey, back to Baja Norte just for one moment. I've got a good friend down there, and her name is Rosie Torres, and she runs the Boys and Girls Club of Rosarita Beach. And you talk about a person who's changing lives. It's Rosie. She spends so much time with the kids there. And I get to interact with the kids because I go down there periodically on a fairly regular basis, and we do a fishing clinic with the kids out on the pier. And it's time to do it again. In fact, Rosie was just on our Spanish radio show on Saturday talking about how much the kids want us to come back down. We're going to have to make that sacrifice and do that. But I just want to mention that Rosie has a fundraiser coming up Saturday, April 25th at the Rosarito Beach Hotel and the Mariachi Divas. Are going to put on a magnificent show. If you love mariachi music, you will love this show, and all proceeds will go to take care of the children there through the Boys and Girls Club of Rosarito Beach. I highly recommend that you attend. It is going to be a really great day, so you can spend Saturday there, April twenty fifth, and then jet up on Sunday to make the twenty second Street Landing event. www com, and you can find information on how to attend that. John, I don't know if fishing can get much better than it is. Coronado Islands have a lot of yellows all over it. We've seen evidence of tuna. There's some bluefin tuna in U.S. waters. And once again, to reiterate, you may not take BFT over there in Mexican waters, but in U.S. waters you may. And I don't think it's going to be a whole lot longer until we see more and more yellowfin tuna getting into the picture one final note i know a lot of people have been pushing the panic button about sardines thinking that that could be taken away as a bait for us steve crook is the scientific advisor to sac the sport fishing association of california and steve was on pfo radio and he said that that is off the table that we will be allowed to have it for bait commercial fishery may run into some trouble but According to Steve Crook, we're going to be okay in terms of having sardines for bait, and that is certainly very good news. What can I say, John? What a pleasure to be with you. How beautiful to be at the Hotel Corral and Marina. It is absolutely gorgeous down here. You've got to check it out. So close to the fishing grounds and a marina that is just out of control and Baja Hospitality really fabulous. Hey, don't forget, you can join us by going to PFO on Facebook or going to Aventuras Alaire Libre on Facebook or www.pfomedia.com or www.aventurasalairelibre.com. Always a pleasure, John. Thanks for having me on. And to all of you out there, have a wonderful finish to your Sunday.
6: Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products.
5: Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed.
1: And we're at the uh, 80th anniversary of H&M Landing. We've we've had a chance to talk to some of the past owners of H&M Landing, some of the managers. And let's get together with a guy that is going to be taking over the helm here real g- soon, Mr. Frank Cassetti. Frank, what does it feel like? What a tradition to inherit,
9: first of all. Boy, I tell you what, I couldn't be more proud, John. I could not be more proud at this moment. Yet yeah, At the same time, uh, equally, um, I'm a little bit anxious. It's... Uh, it's, there's a lot of history here and there's a lot of tradition uh, but there's an incredible future ahead here so I'm pretty excited to take the range from Phil.
1: Well let's let's talk about this big bite that you are taking off and first of all <laughs> the boats that you're running. you know uh, not only uh, are you going to be the managing partner for HM m landing but you still have a couple of uh, world-class vessels that you're going to be working with here at the landing. I do we
9: still uh, we still have the Ranger 85 and the Constitution. Um, our niche has always been the, the shorter-range trips, day-to-three-and-a-half-day to trips, um, and we're so excited and
1: looking forward to the season, the season that hasn't ended, right? It, it, there's no season, and it's just continued. 2014 is 2015 and beyond it, and from Absolutely. the word that we're getting out there right now with the yellowtail, the bluefin, and everything... It's going to be gangbusters.
9: We can't wait. We're uh, we're poised in position to start. Our schedule starts here as always in San Diego, July first, with my two boats here at H and M. Um, however, the fleet's all geared up and ready to go. Um, there's already big schools of bluefin that are starting to populate other areas as well, not just those offshore banks. The, the the not not just off on the Cortez and the Tanner guys are seeing more fish this springtime. Yellowtail bite has just been well. I shouldn't say that the winter turned into springtime that's going to turn into summer that's not going to end until hopefully next summer uh, just
1: continues to rage on. Well, let's talk about your boats because walking out here to the Red Rooster where uh, the celebration of the 80th anniversary of H&M Landing is, you had to walk by the Constitution. I can't believe the transformation in that boat that I can just see From the dock side, tell us some of the things you've done with that uh, vessel. You know, the Constitution's an absolute stunner,
9: a showstopper, in my opinion. That's why we acquired the boat back in September. Um, we've done an incredible amount of work on the boat this winter, um, from the top down. Um, I can't even. I don't. I'd have to. I'd have to have an inventory list, but. Um, it's an entire makeover on the boat, all fully air-conditioned. Um, we've, we've redone the galley, the deck. There's more deck space, new rails, um, better refrigeration, all new electronics. We just can't wait to get out offshore. Okay, and with the Ranger, tell us about that. What have you done with that? Ranger 85, the same as always. Uh, we're just wrapping up our whale season, and we're starting our maintenance season. And uh, this year, same, same. We've actually added uh, more AC to the boat. Uh, we've tuned up our refrigeration. The boat's always been top notch, top notch, top shelf, ready to go.
1: So, all right, see my co-host for Rod and Real Radio, Wendy's here too. Wendy, uh, you got a question for Frank?
10: Well, no, I just want to say that I've had first hand experience on the Ranger eighty-five, and I was actually on the boat. Uh, two years ago in September, when we had that eight-hour eight Plunker bite on the 110-pound to 125-pound bluefin, right. and what an amazing trip! The boat is real comfortable. It, it um, and we got to um, we got to stay. You know, it was three days right. on that boat, and uh, it was just plugged with fish. What a great crew and a great operation you run,
9: Wendy. Thanks, um, Dustin and the guys do a tremendous job. I'm real fortunate. That's the one thing that. Uh, I'm very very lucky we've had uh, very steady stable crew Dustin's been with us for seven years now Alex even longer um, Ricky Robert all our crew have been with us for many many years even chef Paul I think he's going on ten years this year so it's real fun it's it's a great atmosphere especially when our customers come back year after year we recognize them they recognize us and been very very fortunate in my business
1: now the landing over here uh... We went through a number of tough years that kind of turned around starting, uh, oh, roughly at about May of 2014. What what do you see as as some of the challenges that you're going to be facing in 2015 and beyond? Well, I'm hoping right now, I always like to look at things in a positive light.
9: I hope we're not facing any challenges. It looks like we're already, we're going to hit the ground running. I think the challenge that I'm going to have is just to kind of, transfer out of these cowboy boots and put my running shoes on because i'm going to be trying to catch up i think we're going to have an extremely busy year um the only the only challenges i see are hopefully keeping all the boats running and keeping everything i don't think we're going to have a challenge keeping them full hopefully we don't have a challenge with bait this year
10: well you know Um, i have to say also when it comes to fishing line last year everyone ran out of fishing line 25 30 and 40 because it was such a good season stock up right good (laughs)
9: call Absolutely stock up and stock up now. Because yeah, but we're talking about early signs of bluefin already. Oh Big yeah. bluefin. Absolutely, absolutely. No, we're 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 ready to go. I I look around, guys are ready to go. Look at this, it's Friday night. We have guys getting on boats already and it's just the 1st of April. I look down the dock right now and it could almost be a July night here it, in San Diego. Isn't that something you look at the boats
1: there the boats that are going out right now are packed. And the enthusiasm that we saw not only at the Fred Hall Long Beach Show, right. but the Fred Hall right. Del Mar Show for sports fishing right. here in San Diego is,
9: this is a world-class fishery. John, I've been uh, exhibiting at those shows for, um, I think this is my 15th or 16th year. Yeah, 16th year. And I've never felt that you you were there I yeah when he was there it was
10: the biggest and the best as far as vibe and shopping and people i i mean just this week alone i've wrote so many orders because everyone's so excited about this season
9: yes i mean the uh the vibe was contagious everybody's got it they're out um i i know i've talked to a lot of the boat owners and captains they booked record numbers of charters, reservations that were taken for trips for the summer, booking in advance. That is something I want to make sure that your listeners understand is now is the time. Um, oftentimes, folks wait and they watch that fish count. They wait for oh, the no. very last minute. They, they watch it like a stock ticker. Right now. Guys that are looking at even those shorter trips, day and a half, two and a half day trips, they've got to get on them now. Our inventory on the Ranger for two and a half day trips is next to nothing now because we've pre-booked so much of the shows and coming up. Guys are excited. They know it's out there. They know it's going on already. Reserve your trips early.
10: That's right. Yeah, you know, because at the Fred Hall show, Long Beach, a lot of those trips sold out, and you still had Fred Hall Del Mar.
9: Right. Oh yeah?
10: And a lot of people who don't attend those shows don't realize. And I noticed on Facebook, people are saying, "Oh, they're already booked. You have to book a year in advance." So-
1: you know, we're you know here in San Diego, we kind of take it for granted, but this uh, operation H and M Landing that you have here in San. This is a world-class operation. There is, there's nothing like it anywhere in the world when it comes to the availability of the boats, the quality of the boats, the ability to go out with the Everyham brothers and bait up so that you have plenty of bait, and then the distances that these boats are able to travel to go and find the fish. It, there's nothing like it anywhere
9: else in the world. H&M Landing is, without a doubt, the oldest, most experienced landing on the West Coast, and dare I say, nationwide, um, eighty years the landing has been here. Very diverse, anything from half-day to long-range trips, um, ecotourism, dive boats. Um, well, watching. right, all yep. of the above. This is without a doubt the most diverse landing on the coast.
1: Not only that, H and M Landing has been the leader when it comes to uh, nature resources and and sending people out well watching or sending them down to Scanlon's Lagoon and conservation and taking the boats and upgrading them to make sure that the quality of the product that the fishermen catch whether they're on a day and a half a boat uh, day and a half trip the- or a 12 day trip that they bring back a quality product here to the landings uh, the fish processors it it's all a symbiotic relationship y'all work together and it's it's world class john it is and and whether it's a whale watching trip
9: for 3 hours or a multi-day trip down to the lagoons uh, a half-day to an 18-day trip. There's pride of operation that's just known throughout here at H M Landing,
1: from the dock all the way up to the tackle shop. Well, Wendy and I and Stan, we wish you the best of luck. I know we're going to be talking with you from time to time during this coming season. Uh, we hope to see you out in the water, and uh, let's hope that we are actually underestimating what the season's going to be like when it comes to fish catch. I, I think that we are, and uh, I hope that we are,
9: too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks.
1: All right, Frank Cassetti, he's the new managing partner for H&M Landing. Thanks a lot for being with us. Thanks, John. William, All right. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, we're here at the 80th anniversary of H&M Landing, and one of the really keystones of H&M Landing is the Red Rooster, and with the owner-operator of the Red Rooster, we are with Andy Cates. Andy, welcome to Rod and Real Radio, guy. Hey, it's great to be here. Great. What a fantastic season. I mean, it, it seems like two years ago it was going to be tough, and then all of a sudden things turned around, and now you're really in it.
11: Yeah, no, we've had a
1: great year this year, and
11: uh, with what's expected for the next year, who knows what's going to happen. And, you know, one of, the, one of the things I always like to tell people, they always say, hey, what are we going to catch this year? What are we going to get this year? I say, hey, I'll let you know in October. November what we're going to catch because it's impossible to say but conditions are very good up and down the coast and there's already been quite a, big, good, a good sign of bluefin tuna I just talked to Frank Lepresti his boat caught some
8: bluefin tuna
11: on the way down on the last trip so it, it looks pretty good so hopefully it works out
1: You know uh, we're here at the 80th anniversary of H&M Landing uh, and we've talked about the development of the landing but really one of the keys here that you don't find anywhere else is the long range fishing and, and tell us a little bit about what you think is the health of the long-range fishery here uh, out of San Diego. Oh, the health of it?
11: Yes. Oh, I think it's going to be a, a long industry that we have that's already got a huge footprint in San Diego, and not only that, but it, in the United States and worldwide. I mean, it, especially with the social media and the amount of advertising that we've done over the years here recently, in the last two or three years, the Facebook accounts, the the uh, email and Internet accounts that we have, um, it's worldwide, and we're just going to see as this as this county, this country gets more populated, we're just going to see more anglers. That's what it looks like to me. So we may even, <laughs> I hate to say it, but we may need new bo- more boats in the future. Well,
1: when you look at it right now, uh, trying to get aboard one of the long-range boats is going to be a pretty tough thing if people don't get on right now as we're talking in March because you're booked. Absolutely. It's hard to get on these trips now, and the popularity
11: and, of course, you know, the economy turning around and people doing much better these days has had a big impact on everyone. And uh, if those of you that have not figured out what boat you're going to go on, I'd I'd look at it right now, especially I've found that a lot of those five-, six-, and seven-day trips has become a real, you know, bread and butter for these trips. Guys want to come out a little bit longer, invest a little more time in the trips. And um, get into the next field of long-range fishing. You know, three to three to five, then five to seven, then eight to ten, then ten to fifteen, and it goes up from there. But it's it's incredible what you can actually see
1: on these boats. Well, starting it seems like it's a natural evolution. You're starting off with the uh, friends of Rolla getting the kids involved, mm-hmm. getting the. Uh, A mom and dad involved, and uh, three-quarter-day trips, and and day-and-a-half trips, and the next thing you know, they're giving you a call, and they want to go on a long-range trip. That's how it works. And, you know, a lot of these um, boats, especially, um,
11: well, I shouldn't say especially, but a lot of these boats, long-range boats, uh, will do... introductory trips day and a half trips uh two-day trips three-day trips especially when they've got a little gap in time they'll put some together so that people can come out and not do the big time and money investment but get a taste for what goes on here the luxury the service that's available and not only that but but the um the experience that you get when you come out on these boats is, is incredible and a lot of times you know you have people that have come out on a day and a half trip and they see what goes on out here the caliber of fishing um and they continue to come out they'll come out on a three then they come out on a five it's the birth of it
1: you know some people just see a boat but this is just more than a fishing platform this is a business this is a business that you've involved not only a lot of financial resources but personal time in to make it uh an operation that is first class for your customers that come and visit with you
11: oh absolutely i mean it's it's a living being this boat is it's it's not just a building or a floating building it's a living being it's got a lot of character and your crew you know your crew and your people in your office they are the beginning of the character of the boat and um, I I certainly believe that we have very good character and a very welcoming boat and um, a lot of people agree with me on that
1: Let's talk a little bit about the fishery. You know, a lot of people say, well, the good old days are back in the 60s. I see all the pictures of people on the boats with all the fish. But I've got a feeling that looking at 2015, the good old days are going to be right now.
11: Yeah, well, everything's relative, man. It's, you know, you you can't compare apples to oranges. And is it like it was in 1960? I don't think so. But it's great fishing, you know. It just depends on the caliber that that we... have on these boats is incredible something that you'll never see on your own boat or something that you'll never see when you go to another country and that that's part of the lure here you know with with our biggest tool that we have is communication and live bait you know and and that's what gets the consistency and that's what gives us the the, the leverage against fish that don't want to bite you know we can get them get them turned up and get them going and, and that's what gives you that caliber where you can actually get 30 people satisfied we take 31 people on this boat oh, yeah. you know and you got to satisfy 31 people in one day everyone's got to get more than one bite and that's what it's all about you know some guys will come out 31 people some guys will get three or four fish some people will get one but that's a lot that's a lot of bites That's a lot of fishing that's a lot of activity and anymore it's all about the entertainment doesn't matter. We're not taking this fish home and selling it. It's the (laughs) entertainment. How many bites did I get? How many chances did I get? How much fish did I catch? It's all relative of what's going on. And is this compared to 1960? No, but in 1960, you didn't have a boat
1: like this to go on. So there you go. Not by any means. (laughs) Everyone was going down on dead reckoning. You didn't have the electronics. Absolutely. And needless to say the comfort, the food, the ride of the boat, uh, everything is just... uh, you're, you're in the entertainment business. This is like a floating hotel that you can fish from. That's exactly what it is, man. And do people
11: need a 1,000 pounds of fish to take home? No, no, they don't. So what we try and do now is we really emphasize on quantity. Or not quantity. I'm sorry. We emphasize on quality, quality not sure. quantity. So, you know, it, it, I always tell people, hey, if it's a fish that you can t- hold up and get a picture with and be proud of, keep it. If it's not, let it go. You don't need that. You know, you don't need a little 8-pound yellowtail. Get something that's nice. Get an 18, 22-pound yellowtail, something you get a picture with. Get a nice tuna, 25, 30, 40-pound tuna, something you get a picture with. And that's the one that you want to keep. You don't
1: want to keep the rat. Well, you've talked about quality, though. How can an individual who catches the fish, let's say, Thirteen days away from being home, expect that fish to be of any quality. What have you done to ensure that that quality is there when he comes into port?
11: Well, the, you know, there's a number of things with the refrigeration on these boats. A lot of guys have gone, and, and us included, have gone to refrigerating the fish, which is a, a process called RSW. And and basically, what it does is it brings the fish down to 30 degrees, which gives people the option to the the expert um, fish handlers that we have at the dock now. I mean, it, it, the the, the The Five Star, the Fisherman's Landing, um, the uh, Mario Sportsman's, they they all do such a fantastic job with grooming these fish and vacuum-packing the fish at at a... a a price that is so reasonable i mean it's you can't afford not to get them cut you know so and not only that but we 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 have this fish and we take really good care of it bleed it a lot of guys will gill and gut them and throw them down into the well and, and where they sit and then when they come out it's not cannery grade fish it's more of a market grade
1: fish so then you're taking home a little better um grade of fish all right well i know we're here at uh the 80th anniversary celebration. A lot of people asking about your time. But if people want to find out more about the Red Rooster, how to book a trip, what the schedule is, where can they go?
11: They can go to our website at www.redrooster3.com
1: or look us up on our Facebook, Red Rooster 3. All right. And, Andy, you've been a good friend of Rod and Real Radio for a long time. Trudy Giesland says to say hello. And oh, always great. in memory of Big Tuna Bill, we want to say hello to you, too. Oh, great. Trudy's great. I haven't seen
11: her in a long time. But I, I just wish saw her today.
1: She's in great shape and everything like that. She knew we were going to be out here, and she wanted us to say hello to you. Oh, terrific. All right. Well, Bill was a great guy, and God bless him. And uh, I hope he's in a great place. All right, much success to you, sir, and have a great season. And we'll be talking from you uh, to you from time to time to see how things are going. Thanks a lot for being with us. All right, thank you.
0: we
6: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 1144 or hmlanding.com.
3: When you're out fishing this year, there's two ways to be a hero. You can help save lives by making sure everyone on your boat wears a life jacket. And with the drought conditions, you can help save water. Because every drop we save is another drop out there for us and our fish. So be a hero, on the water and off. There's lots of ways to conserve, and there are lots of life jackets designed especially for anglers. To learn more about being a hero, take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
0: Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
1: Hey, we're at H&M Landing. We're with the tackle manager here at H&M Landing, Rick Murren. Rick, there has to be some fish to be got out there, and I understand you have some first-hand experience.
12: Oh, yeah, you can't believe how many fish are out there right now. Yellowtail fishing is as good as I've ever seen it. Uh, I went out uh, last Wednesday, me and a uh, buddy here, Danny Wade, we were jig fishing off the bow of Malahini. He caught 10, I got 7. Of course, you know we had to let some go and share some with other people, but really incredible fishing. Um, roll up on these bird schools, and there were just hundreds of fish under there, just swimming around, eating your lure. Blowing up on the bait in the back, everybody had a shot, eating live bait, eating the yo-yo jig. A friend of mine went out and caught a uh, living on live fly line bait, so they were just everywhere, and all good quality fish, 15 yeah. to 25 pounds. What kind of,
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying, what kind of grade you, are you seeing in there, because oh. you know, last year we were seeing a lot of firecrackers.
12: Yeah, there was some of that stuff around earlier, but the uh, areas where they're finding the fish now are all real quality. Oh, man. Now, how far out are you having to go for the for Well, I, I, I can't say too much about where we're going. <laughs> Have captain come out and miles. hang me. Yeah, but just, uh, just tell me, Miles. You know?
1: Around the islands is it? Yeah, around the, island, around yeah, the islands. Somewhere yeah. around the islands,
12: okay. And uh, there's also some bluefin out there.
1: Now, what's the story we heard? Uh, we heard there were some bluefin caught out there. What are the particulars about that?
12: Well, um, I heard that... Uh, Right in the corner, up in the, right on the edge there, there was some uh, skiff up there, and he caught about uh, ten of them from uh, twenty-five to eighty pounds. Okay, and uh, you
1: twenty-five know, to eighty pounds. Yep,
12: and uh, he said he was in American waters when he caught them. So nice fish, and it's a good sign for this time of year.
1: Very good sign. Now there were some of the boats that were down there that were in Mexican waters that had kind of incidental catches of them.
12: I guess the uh, Mission Bell went out, and he caught four. But they had to let them go, of course, because they were down in Mexican waters. Any idea what size those fish were? I didn't see them. I didn't hear about that. But, uh, you know, it's all been decent quality. Wow. You know. Now,
1: what's happening with the bait situation? You know, the anchovies uh, were there for a little while, and I noticed Everyhand Brothers, they were posting that uh, they have some nice sardines. Yeah, on my
12: trip, they had really nice sardines. The interesting thing is when we were catching those yellowtail, put them up on the boat, and they were coughing up little pinhead anchovies. So there's plenty to eat out there for them. I guess there is. Now, when you were catching those yellowtail, what were some of the better techniques? Uh, Surface iron was probably the most productive. But, you know, that's the type of thing. The guys that are fishing the surface iron are generally the more experienced fishermen anyway. And uh, so they're going to cast in the right spot. They're going to be ready when when the opportunity comes. And that makes a big difference, being ready to fish when the fish are up. Made a big difference.
1: Okay, well, now you're the manager here of the tax store over at H&M Landing. Uh, when it comes to surface iron, some of the better colors that the fishermen should be looking at right now.
12: You know, in my opinion, color isn't really that big of a sequence. I use We used everything from purple to uh, scrambled, yellow scrambled egg. It didn't really matter so long as the swim was right. If the jig swims right, the fish will eat it. You well,
1: I always have to ask, uh, you know, if there's any bite on plastics out there.
12: I haven't seen any bite on plastics, but we weren't fishing them either. That doesn't mean that there no. isn't out there. Yeah, but, you know, interestingly enough, uh, I was talking to Tim who we runs a half-day boat, and when the current's running, they're having a really good uh, bass bite on the plastics.
1: Wow. Now, even though we have great yellowtail fishing, a three-quarter-day trip and everything like that, what's the report uh, from uh, the uh, Cortez Bank? Are there still boats going down there after the bluefin there?
12: The last uh, few trips that I've talked to, guys, they've gotten yellowtail but no bluefin.
1: yeah. Also, a lot of a uh, uh, lot of seal lions out there too.
12: Yeah, well, there's a lot They're of sea lions over.
1: everywhere. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, if someone wants to book a trip here for HM m Landing, uh, find out the schedule, how's the best way to go about doing
12: it? You can go online to hmlanding.com or give us a call at uh, 619-222-1144. we we'll one four four. We'd be happy to help you.
1: All right, thanks for that report, Rick Rick Moore, and he's uh, tackle manager here at H&M Landing. Come in and visit him and uh, pick up the, uh, the jigs and the lures and all the things you need for a great trip. Thanks a lot, Rick. Thank you, John. Well, we're here at the Fred Hall Show, and Stan and I are walking around. Stan, this is a great show to see new products, old friends, and get familiar with products that uh, we've known for a long time, but it's been old, revamped. Old friends with new products.
2: Yeah. I mean, you get a lot of
13: different stuff here. I mean, I've got I've got three or four things, we'll talk about at a later date, but that are new that I just found that are kind of fun, And but one of the things that... Uh, is an old friend with a new bait I ran into when I came into the show. Right off the bow was Captain Brad Schneer, and he said, Stan, I have got a new thing that may revolutionize the, the fishing industry, at least for the iron it, that we throw. And so we are now sitting, talking with Captain Brad Schneer. Brad, welcome from, to Rodney Radio.
1: From High Tide Baits, Captain Brad. How you doing, guy? Long time no
14: see. Thank you very much for having me. How no. you guys doing?
1: Oh, man, we are doing great. The show... Has been an incredible show for a lot of us, and we're sorry it took so long to get on over here, but
14: we're here now. And I'm stoked. What's stumped. new at High Tide? So, HighTideSportfishing.com. That you can call. I'll pack your order as we speak. All paid orders go out at five o'clock. You'll have your order pri- priority mail in two two days.
1: So well, tell
14: us what do you want our listening audience to order from you? Well, we got a. We have our our old jig line, which is the HT. We make heavies and lights. The uh, heavies are made out of pure zinc three. They're all TIG welds, all the holes are beveled, they're pressure mold injected, and our aluminum is premium 360. But not only do we have our jigs with the $400 gallon paint, we found a pixie dust in a metallic base, not a silicone base, which is flat. It's a three dimensional spherical component that you'd see it's kind of like a mini asteroid when you look under the uh, microscope. It means that it's gonna reflect more light because only a portion of it is being fastened to the substrate of the jig. And the end result is extremely hot neon colors and lots of light reflection in those deep waters that minimize light. Well, you've been asking Stan and I to fondle them. Why don't you
1: tell our audience, how are you putting this dust onto the jig? Where is it applied?
14: Okay, so it's on the rail where the top curve meets the flat that faces the surface. So it's not, I'm using only a, uh, this portion of the rail so that my cool paint jobs are still exposed. So like I used all my backstock, so we painted on a very thin layer of urethane. The material is the same clear coat and hardener that I used to seal my paint, so there's no compatibility issues. So what we do is we take our backstock, we'll take one of those lint-free towels with a little bit of uh, lacquer thinner we're removing all your body oils all the impurities and we're going to stroke that jig until we the rag begins to drag and what we're doing is we're opening the pores of the existing clear coat at that point we're going to do our four to one clear coat to hardener we're going to paint on a thin strip where the flat meets the curve of the belly where it comes up high and then we can we can apply a quarter inch strip of clear coat from from beginning to end, from the the top ring down to the hook ring. And then what we'll do is we'll roll this jig into this pixie dust uh, metallic powder. It'll only stick to where you laid down your urethane. We'll let that set up, we can actually come back and paint another thin strip over the old strip, maybe half as thick, and apply a second color or a third color or add red on the tail. So you're constantly moving from color to color to color. Now, Stan, you have
1: one in your hands. What do you think?
13: Well, it definitely is going to reflect light from a lot of different areas. As you roll this in your hand, you definitely can pick up color at any angle, which that in itself is going to make a big difference i think especially as the jig is sinking once you start pulling it it'll it'll reflect light at, no matter what it'll rock and roll but on the sink this thing's going to it'll pick up a lot of different light refraction that you missed before that's for sure
1: now uh, captain great. brad how about the durability of the coating cuz you talk about a jig after you know you land the fish it's bouncing around on the deck the head yeah. of the fish is flopping around what happens to the pixie dust then
14: well once we're done with our color application we'll take the entire jig the old ring that's on the nose, we'll take the hook and we'll dip it in in water clear urethane, the same urethane we use as our clear coat, and we'll hang it upside down and let it drip dry. I'm going to have Stan dig his fingernail in as hard as he can on that rail. Not your teeth, Stan. Fingernail. It's like more like a nail
13: file here. Yeah, How about that? If I yeah. could just file my, my thumbnail down. Now, that's not coming off because
14: no. it's actually become part of the substrate. They're fused together. Now, I also want to make it very clear that it, it, it does have some texture, but not enough to impede the Wahoo dog bite syndrome that allows it to slide down with no impediments. So you're still going to have... The, the bite of a wahoo it's going to slide down and there's no nothing in uh, that's protruding that's going to stop from the slide and you're going to have the same efficiency and hook up ratio with my older product and i got this big siwash with a great big uh, what's well, a small spinner Colorado blade you don't want you internet. don't want to put too big because it acts like a parachute on a dragster and it stops the mule kick of the jig so you just want enough so that you get that flash just enough to pick up color at those 100, 150 foot depths. And you know where this is also really good? It's the ridge, 10 miles southwest of Alijos when you're doing yellows at 260. There's a minimal amount of light there. Yeah. So this should aid the angler. It'll help the angler that's that the novice, the expert. He's going to land more fish and it's going to really boost the industry. Because you know, the feeling of the guy next to you when he catches five to year one, I've evened the playing field. Now, right. that, now this guy's going to have... Every ability using the same talent and knowledge, he's gonna he's gonna be catching a lot of fish with this, and it's a it's a it's a really good setup, and it's it's hardcore. Our hooks are 4x, and it's a, it feels good in your hand. It's bright, it's colorful, and they're very efficient. Well, we've all known the high tide product to be a real quality
1: product. Now with its pixie ducks now on the railing of the uh, jigs, what are you calling these? The super series HT ions. All right. And if people want more information or what they uh, they want to find out more about these or the other products you
14: have, Captain Brad, they can do a Google search engine for high tidesportfishing.com, which is now our official name of our company. I have a great website, That's high tidesportfishing.com. That's H I G H. And by the way, I'll pack your order as we speak. It goes out at five. It's very easy. You don't have to get in the car. So we invite you to come to the show and OC Fairgrounds, touch the product so you can buy with confidence. You can order online where you don't get to touch the product. And by the way, we put that hot pixie dust on our bullet bomb, our money jig, and our brass bomber, too. Wow. We gave our whole product line, four out of our nine product lines, a facelift. All right. Well, you know, Captain Brad,
1: I appreciate you taking time. I know you're busy over here. You have people all around the booth. the girls are working here hard. Thanks for taking some time to be with us. Thank you for having me. I all right. It. Stan, let's uh, let's Good get job, about. There's a lot more to see here at the shows. Go
13: find something else
1: old that's new or new that's old or something. Uh, all right. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM540 or at com. Stay tuned. More to come. we got a break for a commercial message right now. We'll be right back.
6: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com.
15: Movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional, courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to HM Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619 222 1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook. Facebook, and at our webpage at ChiefSportFishing.com.
1: Well, as we get deeper and deeper into spring, it's time for the Yellowtail Derby. And whoever to talk about the Yellowtail Derby is the director of the Derby himself, Mr. John Campbell. John, how are you doing today?
16: I'm doing great. It's a great show, and uh, we're having a good time here. I want to introduce Miss Yellowtail Derby of 2015,
1: beautiful Tiara Haynes. Tiara, welcome to Run Real Radio, and congratulations.
17: Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. You probably
1: are aware of the rich tradition that you are carrying on by being Miss Yellowtail Derby.
17: That's true, I am. I've been looking at older pictures and I've been trying to simulate the look. You might see some of those pictures here in the near future.
1: Well, you've done a great job because each Miss Yellowtail has been absolutely stunningly beautiful and you fit that mold exactly.
17: Thank you so much. I'm <laughs> I'm blushing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but tell me, as Miss Yellowtail Derby, tell me about some of your responsibilities.
17: So some of my responsibilities are just to go out and get people pumped up about this tournament. Um, I have a background in um, promo modeling, so I go out and I kind of solicit the derby itself, and I talk about all the great benefits that the... um, the, the tournament the has to offer. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's $30,000 worth of cash and prizes this year, and also, um, the winner also is going to receive their weight in um, Yellowtail Pale Ale, so that's also a great From perk. From Ballast Point, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of go out, and I get people excited, and I take pictures and kind of spread the word through social media.
16: And the other, one thing she's done, she's now got us on Facebook, she has built a Facebook page, Hilltill Derby Facebook, and it's got a lot of people already hitting on it. This is like the first day. We've got over 200 people already on it. So.
1: Wow. So tell me now, uh, John, let's talk about the Derby itself. When does the Derby go through? From what day to what day?
16: May 2nd through June 6th, fishing, and June 7th is the awards party at the Valley High uh,
1: Restaurant. And you've got some great, great sponsors. As a matter of fact, earlier I did an interview with uh, uh, Bill Buchanan from Cousins Rods, and yes. he is excited to be a part of the Yellowtail Derby, as he has supported this event for the past couple of years.
16: Yes, he has. He came in with us last year, and just as they were really getting kicked off and started, and we had a great experience with them. The, the, all the anglers love those rods. Great quality. Fishing rod, and you know, to get a, a like a raffle rod is worth 250 bucks, and they're just they're really it's good a great equipment. Great prize, oh for sure. Yeah, so they're happy to be back. They, he even asked me. He says, w- "Were the were the fishermen happy with us?" And I <laughs> said, "Oh my goodness, yes."
1: <laughs> I I remember because I've been lucky enough to MC that event for the past couple of years, and giving out the cousins' rod was one of the most exciting, maybe. Maybe, uh, you know, the, the weighing for the uh, uh, Ballast Point PLL was pretty exciting, but those rods, what a great prize to win.
16: It was. And, the, and the, really the, uh, the colorful part, it's not the biggest money part, the most colorful part is weighing in the winning yellow tail first-place man, man or woman, because we had have had one woman win. But that's just the colorful part, and they, they win their weight. And Ballast Point Yellowtail Pale Ale. And it's the only point in the tournament where you can cheat. You can put on a weight belt. You can have your your fishing boots full of water, jackets, everything else on. So it's just kind of a fun, colorful, fun thing. Well,
1: John, I'm going to win that this year, and I won't have to (laughs) cheat.
16: (laughs) And I know you're one of the ones that really knows the Yellowtail Derby from the original because, John, I know that you fished in the Yellowtail Derby
1: I did, and as a matter of fact, I was talking to my dad just last week about the Yellowtail Derby, and he won a pen rod and reel back in 1955, 1956 in the Yellowtail Derby. I was a little bit later. I think I was towards the end, somewhere like 1961, 1962, but it's a grand tradition, and especially we have to thank you for starting it up again and getting people excited about it. You started it at a time when the fit yellowtail weren't out there, but this is going to be, I think, a banner year.
16: Yes, it was a little scratchy in the beginning in 2009, and uh, but uh, now that everybody's so excited. All the previous anglers, they're so excited to get in this and really start fishing again because it's a banner year. It's the best fishing in 30-plus years
1: or more, so... Now, uh, your interest in yellowtail, do you mm-hmm. just hang around the boat docks or tiara, What? Uh, how did you get involved in this?
17: No, actually, I've been fishing since I was in diapers. Um, Dad had me out at lakes and in the ocean, and I grew up in a boat. Um, so it's a passion of mine. I am—I belong to an, um, a fishing club called San Diego Anglers. Yes. And I'm just in love with this sport all around.
1: Well, it's a good sport to be in love with. No wonder she was looking at us kind of crazy, uh, John. We were talking about 1956, 1960. <laughs> she goes, "Man, you guys are old."
17: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thought of yet.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about some of the sponsors and some of the gifts that are going to be available for the fishermen fishing the Yellowtail Derby this year.
16: Some of the sponsors are. Angler's Arsenal, of course. Thank you. And the Belly High uh, Sport Clips. The Port of San Diego is our, our major sponsor and uh, stand behind us. Uh, who else? Uh, the Bay Club and custler uh, uh, Boats um, and Voice uh, Voice Imaging, uh, Bill Boyce and his his great things. West Marine, uh, Everingham Brothers, Bait Company. Um, Fisherman's Landing, who also were doing a uh, guess the weight tournament during for for the Yellowtail Derby. Uh, all all the landings, H and M, Point Lomas, um, and uh, and uh, sports. Uh, Fisherman's Landing, uh, Tom Hams Lighthouse, uh, Hotel Buena Vista Beach Resort with some trips down there. Nice. Um, nine seven six byte tariff fins. Uh, Fast signs with mix, mix our banners, uh, Tommy Gomes and his a uh, uni butter and more.
1: Oh for sure. Now Tara, I gotta say we cannot see this over the radio, but you are dressed in the classical early nineteen uh, sixties style. You look you look stunning.
17: Thank you so much. <laughs> I feel very classy today.
1: Not only that, now come the kickoff. Will Miss Yellowtail Derby be crowned with the uh, the tiara of office?
16: Yes, uh, actually at the uh, the kickoff party, April 29th, the uh, she'll be crowned there as well. Uh, that's at the Bally High, April 29th, six o'clock. And then, uh, uh, actually, we actually crowned her at the ocean, uh, the Outboard Open Bay Bass Tournament.
1: You're right. So we we'll put a crown on it. That's her. where it all started off. Now, we're running out of days to enter and to get into this thing, John. If people are more interested in finding out information about the actual derby day lengths, how to enter, how to get into it, all the different options that you have, because not only is it yellowtail this year, it's going to be halibut, it's going to be white sea bass. Where can they go to get this information?
16: Yellowtailderby.com. dot Pretty simple. It's seventy dollars for the for whole tournament, but there's an early entry by April 4th. It's four, it's fifty dollars. Okay. So, so sign up early and come on and come come to the parties. It's a lot of fun. And there's also there's three different ways different uh, different craft. You can go on an open party boat, private boat, or a kayak. And there's there's those categories are, you can win in those. Plus the different fish. So yellowtail, halibut, white sea bass there's multiple ways to fish plus the largest fish on each weekend
1: okay and to get your fish certified to be eligible for the derby if you are on a party boat or if you're on a private boat or even if you're fishing on a kayak how do you go about doing that
16: the important thing is fish have to be weighed in the same day so there's no multi-boat multi-day trip type stuff but you can you can weigh them in on certified scales the easiest way is to go to the the Marlin Club on Shelter Island, or the Marlin Club, or actually the Dana Landing uh, uh, Fuel Dock has a certified scale there as well. But any other certified state scale, you can, yeah. also Angler's Arsenal has a scale.
1: Yes, we do. Yeah, so, uh, so you can do that too. Well, Tara, are you going to be out there fishing for that grand prize?
17: I am actually going to be hosting a charter. All right. Um, more info to come. Please check our Facebook page, Yellowtail Derby. Friend us on Facebook. Um, If you have questions, we can answer them there. Or you can get a hold of us um,
16: at yellowtailderby.com.
17: Yeah, at the the website, yellowtailderby.com. So I'm excited about this. I do plan on getting out on the water. Um, I I guess I'm allowed to fish, so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to compete with all of you guys you know and
1: if you win i'll be more than happy to stand on that scale of pale <laughs> ale with you okay
16: <laughs>
17: i'll donate it back
1: wouldn't that be a sight <laughs> hey john campbell thanks a lot for being with us and running the yellowtail derby i know we'll be checking in with you from time to time with more information as the derby comes along
16: thank you john cassidy you're a great friend and a great sponsor and we always love to be on your show
1: all right More coming up on Rod and Reel Radio after this.
5: I am a heroic angler.
7: I can bait a hook with my eyes closed, cast to a spot the size of a dime, and reel in the biggest monsters of the depths. And not only do I make sure everyone on my boat wears a life jacket, I make sure we're saving water. Because every drop we save means more water for our fish. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for a fish, except kiss one. Well, there was that
3: one time, but I don't kiss and tell. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways
1: all right cruising the Fred Hall show here at Del Mar we've run into one of the longtime friends Mr. Mark Mills Mark how you doing hey
3: John what's going on how are you I know Mark you know
1: we fish tournaments or you fish some of our tournaments great, great long tournaments, long yeah. Ago. and
3: I'm still fishing them I'm still fishing just me and my dad you know that's our team oh. so we're doing we we enjoy it and you know like I said it's a it's a great event too well you know one of the things that you know people think that you do
1: nothing but go fishing because of the fact working for <laughs> Shimano, you go all over the literally All, all over the world, world, yeah. And all you do is go fish, but there's a little bit more to it than
3: yeah, that. Yeah, I, I wish it was a, hey, all I do is get to fish. And I wish I got to fish out here in Southern California more, but I don't. I just came back from Tampa and not going to complain, but it's tough keeping up with the hardcore bass guys here in California when you're fishing everywhere else. But Well, we know yeah. you're with Shimano, and uh-huh. there's so many
1: great lines that Shimano right. has with the rods, the reels, yeah. the Power Pro line, but... We're going to feature over here one of the newer products that you've brought on, and that's the products by Jackal. Tell yeah. us a little bit how that happens. So,
3: we uh, Shimano has a great relationship with Jackal, and we're actually we don't own Jackal, but we distribute Jackal through the U.S., Canada, and South America. And um, we've been working with them, and we're, we're working with them now of bringing baits that they've had in Japan over and developing baits over here for our southern california market matter of fact dan thorburn who's been with shimano a long time big bass guy out here yeah. kind of a lure geek as i call him um, is actually our product manager now for jackal um... so um, we've brought some new baits on and you know we're looking right here this is a the the gantrell which is kind of a it's a swim bait for us uh... bluegill type bait slash crappie type bait and it's it's an amazing bait well let's talk a little bit about it okay. uh, How who
1: came up with the inception of it, and just exactly what does the bait do?
3: Well, this actually bait has been out in Japan for a while, and uh, what's nice is that we've seen it on the Japan websites and everything else, people have been trying to get it, and they've been spending 70 to $80 for this bait. The bait comes in at $34.99, so it's actually here, buying it through the U.S. now, it's much cheaper, which is great. But um, it's definitely a swim bait. Um, it's got two places to hook your, uh, hook your line. Uh, if you hook it on the top of the bait, which you'll see if you're looking at the bait, um, it'll allow the bait to kind of just go right underneath the water and actually we call it a slow float. So once it hits, it floats but it stays just under the water and as you raise it up, it slow floats back to the surface and walks back down. Um, there's another hooked area right underneath the lip of the bait, right underneath the, the uh, chin, which allows it to drop down to about four or five feet so it swims down a little bit deeper and allows it to swim back and forth. If you stop it, it does do a three-quarter turn. And if you go a little faster and stop it, it'll do a full turn on you. So there is some cool techniques that I've been playing even with in my pool uh, to make you catch fish. I understand um, you're one of the first people here to actually catch I fish. Did. I did. I caught things. a fish up in uh, Northern California at um, a lake with Cody Myers, who is yeah. actually one of our pro staff guys. Um, and it was awesome. to just throw it out. And literally, it was like the fourth cast on it. So that was really cool. Um, Other cool things I really want to talk about the bait, too, that's going to make it look different. As you can see, it's got two bottom hooks on it. Um, You'll see the feathers. Yes. And they wonder what those feathers are. What those feathers are to do is to take those hooks and push them up against the belly as it's moving to kind of hide those, those hooks so they don't look like a hook. There also is an area on the tail if you want to put one more stinger hook you can add a stinger hook to that as well. So it is a, a double-jointed bait, and uh, it's got some great looks to it. And at the last Fred Hall Show, we sold out of every single one we had there. Well, I know, because they're hard to get a hold of. It, I'm trying yeah, to get Yeah, I know. Of it's right not now. easy. Well, you know what? That's not necessary Jackal's fault. We're going to still blame that on the port down in Long Beach for trying to get everything <laughs> okay. it is. That's been hurting the fishing industry quite a bit.
1: Well, let's t- tell us about some of the actual physical dimensions of this bait. How long is it? How heavy is it?
3: Well, actually, right here you're at 6.3 inches, and you're looking at a little over two ounces, two and a half ounces. So really um, light. It's it's actually a pretty light bait, but it actually casts really well too. Um, it throws real nice. It's weighted nice on the on the nose of the lure, so it will fly through the we- uh, air good. You have have that big slap or anything. It usually plops right into the water, real nice. Now
1: you know when we look at swim baits, mm-hmm. you you look at things like floating, slow floating, mm-hmm. fast sinking. Does this bait also come with those types of? Uh, uh, Nomenclature.
3: It, it actually doesn't. It's actually considered a slow-floating. But as I was saying, there's two areas to put your hook. What other guys are doing if they want to drop it down a little bit is that underneath the chin, they try on a small drop shot weight, somewhere around three-eighths of an ounce to maybe up to a three-quarters of an ounce. And they'll actually fish the bait like that that will allow it to sink head first. And you'll be able to just scrape it just on the bottom and be able to bounce it off the bottom. So you can create it to make it sink. By adding a little weight, and uh, that's one of the little tricks that the guys are doing on that.
1: And I'm looking at the color combinations. You have a bunch of them over here. I don't see anything in a rainbow
3: trout. What's no, that? well, it doesn't have that rainbow trout appeal to it. Um, it, it does have the bluegill slash um, uh, crappie look to it, even a bass look pan to fish it. Type it's of got thing? the panfish style, so that's kind of the route we went with. Um, You know, who knows what's going to come out next? You never know. They make a lot of different colors, but I think we've kept in about six or seven different colors right now. And I'm
1: looking at this baby bass you have over here. Man, that is outstanding.
3: The the colors in general are outstanding. Actually, I prefer this kind of the the green crappie color here. I really like that color. Um, That's almost like a smallmouth bass. Yeah, it has that weird look to it. You know, we have a dark crappie here as well, so depending on the time of year. So, it's, all in all, it's been an awesome bait for us. We've actually had a couple new baits, too, that we've added into uh, uh, into the line as right. well. Right. There's
1: other things besides the Gantrell. That's right. new, though. It's creating the buzz. But right. you've also brought back uh, sort of like a bait that had kind of been retired. All of a sudden, it's backed by popular demand. Yeah,
3: the Susuteki craw, which oh, is yeah. a great... Um, a couple ways. You can use it as a flip bait. You can use it as a trailer bait. Or you can use it as, like they would, say, like an Ica or something of that nature. It can be fished a lot of different ways. But it's got a real soft... Um, a craw pattern that allows it to flutter back and forth and fall down the way it wants. Plus, it's a kind of a thick bait, and it's got some weight to it. So if you're going to pitch two leaves or pitch trees, you can fish it like that as well, you know, on that. You know, Mark, uh, a lot of the fishermen are not familiar with
1: everything that is involved with the jackal line right. Kids, there somewhere they can go to see the different items that, that are available so they can go to their dealer and ask for them? Yeah,
3: you know what? They can. They can go on the Jackal website, w.jackal.com. We also take a look on YouTube under Jackal TV. Um, you can see all the way that stuff swims, a lot of it. Um, you know, those are the best things. Talk to your local dealers or anything of that nature. But like I said, there's just a lot of cool things, and we're really kind of branching off into the kind of – We can build baits like everybody else, but let's get outside of that category. Another good bait, like the scissor comb, is a very unique kind of creature bait that swims differently. It's got a different leg pattern, so we're just trying to get outside the norm. What's new? What's going to be the new hot thing out there?
1: Well, Shimano's always stayed on top of it, so it's Well,
3: the combination between us and uh, the jackal line should be really, really good. We're going to push them, and they're going to push us. Okay, just uh, last question, though. We've got this uh, new swim bait, the Gantrell. Right. What would be the
1: ideal... Shimano combination to throw that with?
3: You know what? I personally uh, really, really like... Now, everybody's usually using 300-size reels. I could say a Calcutta 300D, or I could say a Corrado 300D, but actually, I'm going to really scale down my line a lot more. I'm going to go to a Conquest 200 with 40-pound test Power Pro on it, that 5.3 to 1, 21 inches per crank allows you to really get that bait to swim slow and you don't get out of your rhythm. So that's what I'm going to say is going to be the best. And, and max it up with like a 711 foot uh, medium heavy to heavy uh, crucial rod and you're good to go, or a G Loomis rod.
1: All right. Again, Mark Mills, anyone yeah. wants to find out anything else about any of the Shimano products, best place to go.
3: Uh, fish to, FishShimano.com. Check us out and you know, you can go to see what we do for G. Loomis there. You can see Shimano. You can see Jackal, and you can see PowerPro, all of our stuff.
1: All right. Hey, appreciate you taking the time to explain the Jackal products to us. And who knows, we might come on back because there's a lot of interesting things here at the Shimano booth at the Fred Hall Show.
3: Thanks, John. Love being on the show. Thank you again. All I appreciate right.
1: Thanks it. Thanks a lot, Mark A. This is Rod Real Radio, AM 540. We'll be back after these messages. Let's give this Right here, we're still walking around the Fred Hall Show in Del Mar, and I've run into a legendary skipper from Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, Captain Chuck Taft. Captain Chuck, how's everything going for you?
18: Everything's going
1: really good. All right. You know, you're, we're sitting here at the booth, and, uh, you know, we're going. Space has to be at a premium right now to get on any of the boats from uh, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing. We're looking forward to a great season.
18: I think things are going to be really good. I think the springs, there's more yellowtail and stuff around in all the years I've ever been in fishing and never seen this much fish spread up and down the coast. You
1: know, I heard some reports, too, that they actually got into what they believe some big bluefin off the Tanner Cortez Bank. Uh, Have you heard anything about that?
18: Uh, Supposedly, um, one of the boats got into a spot of 80 to 100-pound fish, and they hooked three or four fish, but they never landed one
1: right now Chuck you know we can talk to you you about the upcoming season but you are helping with a special event that's going to be happening I think it's April was it April 6th
18: no it's April 4th April 4th at H&M Landing and we're fishing on the 4th and on the 3rd there's a big uh, thing going on where a bunch of people are coming down to the boats the night before the trip leaves and we're promoting the 80th anniversary of H&M Landing and then after the parties there that they have on the 3rd, we're going fishing on the 4th, and hopefully we're going to go and have a wonderful day and knock the hell out of the l
1: Yeah, well, hey, let's go into a little history of the Taft family, because it just didn't start with you. Your dad has been fishing out of landings for a long time. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about that history.
18: Well, my dad owned a sport fishing boat and was one of the pioneers in the sport fishing industry. Kim, Bill Poole, Bruce Barnes, Eddie McEwen were one of the pioneers of the whole industry. They all started up in Newport together, and then they all came down to San Diego. And then uh, Dad built a couple of boats, and then my brother owns a Top Gun out of H and M, and then I own five boats out of H and M. So, you know, we got quite a quite a history there, and we've been there since 1968 and 69.
1: Well, you've got a couple of trip uh, special trips planned. You've got the one for the 80th anniversary of H&M Landing. And then I think you're also planning on taking a trip uh, just right before the day at the docks because yeah. you want to get the first uh, albacore of the season if it's possible. Yeah,
18: we're going to take off. we got the day-of-the-docks trip, then we got the day-and-a-half trip for day for day of the docks, and then we have the trip on the 4th that's a party trip. So we have those two trips. And you can't really say you aren't going to catch an albacore because 83 and 84 was the last giant El Nino we had. We had 73-degree water by the islands, and we had some of the best albacore fishing we ever had in history. So, you know, nobody knows which way those fish are going to move, which way those fish are coming, you know. So to say just because we have hot water, you're never going to see them, you can't go that far to say it. I mean, they have tails, they swim up and down the coast, and who knows where they're going to show up.
1: You know, I was fortunate enough to go out with you one year when you and Bobby ran that trip. And I remember sitting up in the wheelhouse with you guys and you were going over the charts and the maps and you were looking at everything and you had pinpointed two little spots in the ocean where you said, you know what, if there's going to be fish anywhere, they're going to be there. You went to the first spot, we saw some fish, no hookups, but you went to the second spot. And by God, you and Bobby found them when we got in some albacore that year.
18: Well, yeah, but, you know, that's just for years and years of being in the same areas and knowing what we're doing. The fish migrate up and down and in and out to the same areas, and they start there. So you're going to a point to where you've caught fish in the past. It's been in a good area and a good spot.
1: All right. So now let's talk a little bit about this 80th anniversary of H&M Landing coming on up. What boat are you going to be taking out? Where are you going to go? And how do we sign up for the trip?
18: Well, we're going to take the legend out. The boat's limited to 34 people. Nice. And you'll have to go to H&M Landings' website to book the trip. Uh, The trip's $170. That includes your Mexican visa. That includes your Mexican permit for the trip and stuff. So that's how you get online. And the guys that are going on the trip can come down early. There's going to be... Uh, celebration on the 3rd and stuff. There's going to be, the press is going to be down there. They're going to have a party and stuff. So the people that are actually going on the boat can come down and participate in it.
1: Okay. And then with that trip that you plan to run uh, for the first albacore of the season just before day at the docks, uh, how do we uh, get more information about that?
18: Uh, You can go to our website or go to HM Landing's website and pull it up. It's the typical trip that we run every year uh, per Day of the Docks. We leave the fish the day before on Saturday. We come in on Sunday morning, Day of the Docks and then you get to celebrate everything that's going on at the landing.
1: Alright, and then we want to find out more about Sea Adventure Sports Fishing. What boats are doing what? Where do we go?
18: You go to Sea Adventure Sport Fishing or Sea Adventure 80 com or The Legend and they'll all click in the same thing and you can pull it up. Alright, Captain Chuck Taft, always credible
1: information with you. Appreciate you being with us and good luck uh we'll see about going out with you at least on one if not both of those trips it sounds like it's a lot of fun
18: you're more than welcome we'd love to have you
1: all right cap chuck Taft, the adventure sports fishing uh well i hope you enjoyed the interviews we did from the 80th anniversary of h&m landing and the fred hall show in Del Mar and in long beach stan wendy and i will be back with you next sunday night for a live show so stay tuned so always, I'd like to thank J.R., our engineer up at the AM540 Radio Zion Studios, Ben Harvey, our local producer, and, and always, remember of big tuna bill. Thanks for we listening tonight. Go out and go fishing this weekend. As our good friend Kevin Minio used to say, they're getting away. We'll see you on the water. Good night. We're out.